Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Sex discrimination definitely <laughs> exists. We've come a long way and we have a long way to go. And I think discrimination on the basis of sex faces us all. I think, um, you know, uh, you deal with it, you you fall down, they knock you down, you stand right up, and you keep going, and you never give up, and you keep telling the stories you want to tell, and there is definitely discrimination in all of our walks of lives. And um, sex, race, uh, and we fight it. We fight against it. That's all you can do is tell your story, tell your truth. Hi, I'm Mimi Leader, and you're listening to The Wannabe Podcast. Hello, and welcome to The Wannabe Podcast. I'm your host, Imri. Wannabe is the podcast that takes you from where you are right now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Thank you for staying subscribed and listening in. And if you're not subscribed, you can do so for free and catch a brand new 30-minute episode every Wednesday. If you're enjoying this episode, please do tell a friend, tweet me at wannabepodcast or screenshot and tag at wannabepodcast in your Insta stories. This week's guest is esteemed director Mimi Leader, who's behind the incredible movie On the Basis of Sex, which is the Ruth Bader Ginsburg biopic. It's currently out now as of February 22nd in the cinemas. It's a fantastic watch. I've seen it and I highly recommend you go and see it because Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a true feminist icon and the movie, she's just a badass in it. She infamously moved the needle on gender discrimination and women's rights in the Supreme Court. Mimi Lida is a producer and director. Her credits include On the Basis of Sex, The Leftovers, Deep Impact and Pay It Forward. On the Basis of Sex is Mimi's first feature film in 18 years, following what she describes as movie jail. While we don't get into that, um, I will give you some context on her comments on being in movie jail. So her film, Pay It Forward, wasn't as successful and Mimi struggled to get hired as a director afterwards. She believed that this was in part due to her being a woman in a heavily male-dominated industry. In today's episode, you will learn one of the best ways to deal with feedback and criticism, how you can progress in your career as a woman in male-dominated industries, and why it's important that we are inclusive when hiring our crews. We jump straight in with why she said yes to On the Basis of Sex after 18 years. Okay, so I guess the first question I wanted to know is what made you say yes to directing On the Basis of Sex? Well, I, I'm, what made me say yes to On the Basis of Sex was I read the script and I immediately fell in love with the story 
And I had known about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but I, I hadn't known the personal story uh, of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I, I found her story just fascinating, and I found a lot of commonalities mm-hmm. in her life and in my life in, different, in a different generation. She had a very long-term marriage. I'm in a very long-term marriage. Mm-hmm. We're both mothers, and... We're both Jewish, and we're both. She broke the glass ceiling for generations to come, and in my own way, I I broke the glass ceiling for other filmmakers, young female directors to come. Yeah, you definitely did. You definitely did. Um, <laughs> I I've been kind of reading up about your work, and um, it's kind of really inspiring to see how much you were able to achieve in such an early part of your career as well. And I think that's really inspiring for young people who are currently coming up in directing and actually just don't know how to push through. It still feels very male-dominated in the UK. It's really difficult to kind of get your foot on the ground and actually make a lot of noise in the same way that you can in the US. Um, but I I know that you've mentioned the similarities to you and Justice Ginsburg. And I just wanted to know like how those similarities just helped you tell that story better. Like what did you, how did that make it a more sensitive piece for you? Well, it became a very more sensitive piece to me because I really understood like what it means to be a mother and what it means to be in a long-term relationship and to have a partner that is equal, is an equal partnership, which really felt like a metaphor for the film. Yeah. And um, I felt that, you know, we weren't making a documentary. We were making a, a film about a woman Ruth Bader Ginsburg finding her voice. Ruth Bader Ginsburg becoming Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Agreed. I felt like in the movie, I didn't know that much about her before. Mm. I knew her by name. I knew her by face. She's illustrated everywhere. Um, There's a really good, I think, New York Times illustration of her that's just like infamous now. Um, But I felt with the movie, I watched it with a filmmaker friend, actually. And we, we were like, this was so educational. We just did not know that side of her. And I felt like you really did capture some of the more personal aspects. Um, I actually really remembered like the sex scene, even though it wasn't a sex scene, um, being like, oh my gosh, this is just a bit much. I don't know if I want to see Justice Ginsburg in this light. Um, <laughs> well, that's very funny because, um, you know, when I shot that scene, um, it was, you know, oh, we're making, we're doing a sex scene or a little pre-sex scene yeah. uh, of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. What's she going to think? And so we shot it and it was actually far more risque than what's in there yeah and um when i first showed oh, really? it really oh <laughs> <That's> yeah <so> funny. <laughs> it was it was more modern let me put it that way okay and and so we had dinner with ruth Bader ginsburg after i showed it to her for the first time and her official biographer was there mm-hmm. And the first thing she said when we all sat down was, oh, my God, the sex scene. <laughs> um, it was just so, uh, so much. And I, I I, said, well, you should have seen it before. And then all eyes turned to RBG. Yeah. And she said, I'm fine with it. Okay. Well, if she's cool with it, then I, I love it. <laughs> me too. It was really intimate in that you didn't show it. Pretty much nothing was shown, actually, but it was very, it was just, I guess it was the intimacy between her and mine that was just so, like, palpable. Um, so, yeah, well done for capturing that. Yeah. I was like, oh, gosh, should I be watching this? <laughs> I know, it was intimate. It was important to show that 
you know, she's not a superhero, that she's this woman, you know, who's real and who feels things just like everyone else does. Yeah. And their relationship was central to the story and to the success of their story in that this is a film about how change can happen. And it's also a film about how love prevails. Absolutely. You did a phenomenal job of capturing their humanity, uh, which I don't think happens that often in film, actually. Um, uh, I've seen, I think The Hate You Give, I watched recently, which did a really good job of that as well, where there's like a real human aspect of I can relate to these feelings, these emotions, this intimacy, this discomfort. And I think you did a really great job of capturing that throughout the film. I felt as excited as she was when she was excited and as like disappointed as she was. And I just wanted to know where that, where that ability comes from from you like do you can you pinpoint a moment where you're like I could tell really great human interest stories that really captures the full 3d effect of a human being well I just get into the characters and the story and I try to make it as authentic as as it can be I I often I mean I very much try and find the essence of what the scene's about with my actors and we talk about it and you know, who's very lucky to cast the brilliant and incomparable Felicity Jones because she goes very deeply into her work. And we never set out to do an impersonation um, or a documentary. We we sought out to find the essence of who she was. Mm. And um, same with Army Hammer. He was, Marty was the funny one. He was the charming one. And she was more the quiet one and the shy one. And we really got into those characters. So when I'm working with actors, I try and go into who they are and why they're doing what they're doing and what do they want. Yeah. And and I try and go into a scene as authentically as I can. Yeah, that sounds great. Sounds Thank like you. a good, good system. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's working. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I did want to touch on something you said about Felicity Jones as the casting um, choice because I know that I think the it was in the Guardian. I don't remember the the guy who wrote its name because it felt irrelevant. But um, he he slated Felicity Jones as the choice for RBG, which I thought was strange because I watched it having read that review, thinking, "Oh, maybe I'm going to feel the same that she wasn't the best choice for the film." And actually, I really loved her in it. Um, and I think dealing with criticism is something that we all have to contend with. And so I wanted to know how you've handled that um, and and how do you deal with criticism in general? Because that's been kind of a, a big part of your career as well. Yeah. Well, first of all, when RBG saw the film, she thought it was magnificent. And she said to me, I can't imagine anyone playing me but Felicity Jones. So I would take it from her uh, that she was very proud of the film and very proud that Felicity um, did do such a magnificent job playing her and portraying her and getting inside her soul. And, you know, how do you take criticism? It's hard. Sometimes, you know, you read it and you go, really? And sometimes you just, yeah, it's hard. You just kind of don't read it. Don't just, I, I try not to read any negative things. Um, and I guess you would have to say, well, then why do you read the positive things? <laughs> well, because we're all human, but um, you just kind of have to uh, understand where that person's coming from or just ignore it. 
Yeah. Um, I try to ignore negativity at all costs in life. It's not good for the soul. It's not. I agree. I try to avoid it too. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help. I think things that make you feel good make you feel good. Um, and we have a choice in that matter. We can choose. Happiness is a choice for sure. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, I have a one inch by one inch piece of paper. I think it was uh, Brene Brown maybe who said that you have like a little one inch by one inch piece of paper and you write all the names that, of people whose opinions matter to you. And so, it's so tiny. Oh. Um, and you only like take criticism from them because they matter. Um, and everyone else is kind of irrelevant to that. So. That's a good one. I'm going to do that. Give it a try. It definitely <laughs> works a bit. Um, I wanted to talk about gender discrimination because that's a massive part of the film. Uh, or sex discrimination. Mm -hmm. And how how did you relate to that personally? Because you, you were a rising star. Um, and you're a female director. And you're doing really big things and you've done really massive movies. Um, how has that kind of played out in your life and how did that relate to how you um, told the story in the film as well? Well, you know, sex discrimination definitely <laughs> exists. We've come a long way and we have a long way to go. And I think discrimination on the basis of sex faces us all. I think, um, you know, uh, you deal with it. You you fall down, they knock you down, you stand right up, and you keep going, and you never give up, and you keep telling the stories you want to tell, and there is definitely discrimination in all of our walks of lives, and um, sex, race, uh, and we fight it. We fight against it. That's all you can do is tell your story, tell your truth. Yeah. Do you have like a safe space or like a group of people that you're like, oh, this happened to me today and it was just bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, my family is my safe place. Yeah. And, you know, you always need, it takes a village to get through life, I think. You know, Definitely. you need people who give you love, who give you the truth. And we all need that safe place to survive. Awesome. I wanted to talk about the crew and your yeah. production team. Um, what is it like? Do you make a conscious effort yourself to make sure that your crew, the people behind the camera, are as um, diverse as, as as the people on screen, for example? Absolutely. Um, on the basis of sex, I really work towards gender parity mm -hmm. um, of department heads, uh, women, people of color. Um, I work very hard to make that happen. And on the show I'm doing right now, The Morning Show, mm -hmm. I also make, you know, I'm the executive producer, director of the show, but I hire other directors. And it was very important to me that it be equal in terms of men and women and people of color. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what the world looks like. Yeah. And that's how it should be. And the more we keep hiring people that look like us, like you and me, yeah. um, th the stories will be you know, far more brilliant, far more honest and reflect the world in a, in a much more real way. Awesome. Um, finally, I guess, it's so hard to pick the last question. I guess the last question I want to ask is, was it a challenge for you to tell this story and in what way? What was the most challenging aspect of telling this? Well, I would say that the challenge of telling this story was to keep it as authentic and real as I could 
in terms of telling a story about a real life person mm. who is living, mm. who has done so much to change the world for all of us, to work so hard to win cases that um, that changed, you know, the fabric of our nation. Um, the landmark case that takes place in our film is a case that overturned 178 laws that discriminated against women and men um, that were found unconstitutional on the, based on, you know, gender inequality. And so um, the real challenge of the film was to make it as honest and truthful and as authentic as we could make it and relatable, Yeah, you know, so that all people could walk, see this movie and be inspired by this woman's life and, and this fighter, this truth seeker, and to walk out of the theater hoping and saying to themselves, I have a voice too. I can make a difference. You definitely did that. So <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much for your work and your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. My personal takeaway from this episode is on being more selective with where and who your feedback is coming from. If you're a woman listening to this, I'd say this is doubly as important. I want to say a huge thank you to Mimi and the team at Cameo for arranging this interview. You can follow Mimi Leader at Mimi.Leader on Instagram. That's M-I-M-I dot L-E-D-E-R. Um, and at Mimi underscore Leader on Twitter. Same spelling. Thank you so much for listening in. If you're listening via the Apple Podcast app, please do me a small favor and spend five seconds leaving a rating. And if you have a little bit more time, leave a review as well. Also, do get your career brand or marketing questions in for the mailbag episode with Prisca. You can do this via wannabepodcast.com. Also, we have a new social media manager that's really setting a new tone on Instagram. So be sure to follow at wannabepodcast on Instagram. If you like how this podcast is made and you think that you can do what I do, then you need to reach out to the Shoutout Network, which is currently open for pitches and ideas. So if you have a podcast that you'd really like to get made, please do get in touch via shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. Also, do follow Wannabe on Twitter and Instagram at wannabepodcast. And please do tell a friend about this podcast. I'll see you next Wednesday. Upwork has the world's largest network of independent professionals. So if you need a UI designer, hey guys, Kevin, a full stack developer, this is Madeline, or a whole team of designers and developers working together, hey, you've got the full team here. Uh, myself, Rachel, Adam, and Stephanie. Hey, everyone. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Upwork has agencies too, available for six weeks or six months. When you need in demand talent on demand, Upwork is how. 